0: Okay, so a little bit about today's guest then, today's guest is a good friend of mine who started a business in the middle of 2018 after coming back from Dubai, is a very, very experienced uh, property salesman, he's got one of the smartest heads on his shoulders and that is even more amazing when you find out how old he is, Um, and that guy is Ben Sykes from The New Homes Agent, how are you doing today Ben? All good, thanks Ryan, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. So for the listeners who don't know who you are, why don't you just give them a brief background of who you are and how it came to be that you are where you are today?
1: Yeah, so um, I mean, I've been working in property pretty much since I came out of college. Um, Worked for various estate agents. Uh, As you said, I I was in Lincoln, working for one of the, the leading Lincolnshire agents. Uh, for most of my time before I moved to Dubai, uh, moved to Dubai back in January 2018. I was there for about six months or so uh, before deciding to come back and set up my own business selling new homes. So the company that I was with in Lincoln, um, I headed up the new homes department there and that's kind of what gave me the experience to to come back and set up by myself in Lincoln. So Mm. that's where we are now. We are coming up to well over a year into the business since it was first launched Um, we've got or have had over 20 locations on the market over the past year we've had several that have come on and sold that are now um, sort of been and gone historic developments but loads in the pipeline loads of new build stuff coming out throughout Lincoln so yeah it's a really exciting time.
0: Mm, It is a really exciting time and I think the market at the minute is like it's, it's going the way we want it to go, yeah, and Lincoln definitely. seems to be seems to be rocketing but um, I think there's a big, there's a big thing around the property world and the property sector that you know agents are bad and, and that they have like a little black book and, and various different bits and bobs but I'd be interested to know from sort of your point of view as an agent what a developer or property person can do to um, to sort of really stand out to get to get deals first.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's an interesting question. It's something that anybody working in, looking to get into property development or is involved in property development would benefit from. Um, It's all about relationships. It's the same with with any business, really. It's about having a relationship with an agent um, and just ensuring that, you know, if you want them to look after you, you need to look after them. So if you're, you know, if you're working with an agent who sells land or who will have properties coming up that are your target audience in terms of target mm. properties. Um, they need to know that if they're gonna put deals your way that they're gonna, you're gonna return it in kind. You know, if, mm. if, if, they're, if they're setting you up with a deal, you, they want to know that they're gonna get the sale afterwards. So I think that's, that's obviously a key, a key point is to, to build that relationship where you know that you're both gonna be getting something, something out of the relationship um, but, um, but yeah I'd say that's the main, mm. the main thing I mean I completely agree with you we, me
0: and you have loads of different conversations about loads of different types of property transactions and for me it's I really value your opinion um, and I value the fact that when I ring you you pick the phone up to me and we can have that sort of open discussion and you know that the, you'll get all of the work that's related to that from me it's just the way it goes and I think that's that's the best way for it, uh, to be honest, with you. Um, so thinking about that then, is there, is there some things that developers do and say that make you not want to work with them?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say that there's anything that... I would never come into a situation where I wouldn't want to work with someone, definitely not. I mean, I'm yeah. open to all, any and all opportunities, 100%. Um, there are definitely key indicators that you'll hear and you know you all know this that you, know, you can't, as an agent it makes you think you know this, this could be this could end up being more difficult than it has to be um, and nearly always it comes down to budget um, you know I appreciate anyone working in working in the development sector, whether it's actually building new builds or renovation projects um, or conversions, whatever it is, you know, you need to keep your costs down, you know, as an agent, we completely appreciate that, that um, cost is important and it affects the bottom line. However, it's so, so important now, especially um, how easily uh, information is spread across the internet with social media and across the portals. you know, a lot of the agents are. A lot of agents are very professional in their marketing now. A lot of the developers, new build developers, spend a lot of money on marketing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're a smaller time developer, uh, you're just doing the smaller projects. You really need to be looking at those big developers with those big marketing budgets. Um, you know, and you need to accept that they are your competition, mm-hmm. and that if they're spending that kind of money, you know, you need to at least allow your agent the budget to compete with the marketing that they're producing um, so you know so many times I've had in the past where I have spoke to a developer and, and put my opinion forward on how development should be marketed and, and what we should be doing in order to achieve A, the most interest but also the, the best price because every developer's goal is to achieve the best possible price and sell everything off plan that would be yeah ideal world happy days job done but you know in order to achieve anything like that you've got to understand that you have to spend some money because you've got to instill confidence in the buyers mm. if they, you know if they if they think that the marketing brochure or any of the marketing material has been put together on the back of a a fag packet, how are they going to have any confidence in the end product that that you're going to be producing? So for me, marketing budget is a big thing. And, you know, as soon as a a developer starts knocking back ideas on, um, in terms of marketing budget, that sets alarm bells ringing a little bit. I mean, I I work to any budget. There's, you know, there's always You can always work to different levels of funding. It's absolutely fine. But, you know, I think if you are going to be, if you want to establish a good relationship with an agent, you definitely need to take their advice on marketing and Mm. the budget.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really fair point as well. And, you know, you guys are doing it day in, day out. You're not just speaking to developers. You're speaking to potential purchasers. You know, you are
1: boots on the ground. So... We hear, we get the feedback. We get the feedback firsthand from a buyer when they walk into a property, and they are they voice their opinion. Some people don't. Some people walk in, you know, get some buyers who are totally closed off, experienced buyers who, you know, they keep everything away from the agent, and Mm -hmm. then um, then you get other other buyers who will everything that comes to mind. They'll say it. Um, So you know, we know exactly what they want to see and what they don't want to see. Mm. So, um, and as as a developer, uh, or as a property developer, you employ an agent to remove yourself from that, yep. um, which is what most of my developers tell me is that you know they, they don't want to have to have the hassle of dealing with the buyers, but part of that, part of not dealing with the buyers is that you actually aren't in touch with with what they want and what they're saying. So that's where it makes sense to, to take an agent's advice.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that that leads us on quite nicely as well to the next question, uh, which is something that I do to you quite a lot. So what is the advice that you give developers when they they talk to you about a potential development?
1: So, yeah, I mean, I get... um, I've got to the point now with a lot of my clients, a lot of my developers, where they will see something and they'll just send me the link and they'll say, what's your thoughts on this? They'll send it to me and they'll say have a look at this, I'll call you in an hour. Yeah. Um, and from my point of view, I think that's that's important to be available to do that because let's say if they're in a situation where they are um, a developers looking at, on move, looking at land, as you'll know, if you're busy, you apportion your time, don't you? So you'll say, right, I've got three hours to look for land now and then yeah. for the rest of the day, I'm going to be out doing this, I'm going to be choosing tiles, I'm going to be yeah. sorting my tax out. So for me, it's important to, if I can be available at that time, I'll always be available to, to have those discussions because whilst they're in front of the computer looking at right move, that's when they want to have those answers. So mm. usually that's the way it goes down is that I'll, I'll get a text or a message saying, have a look at this, what do you think? And then we'll, we'll have a phone call to discuss it. But ultimately it comes down to the first uh, thing that we look at is saleability of the end product. Mm. You know, it seems... Fairly common sense I suppose but it's it's important to know that you want to be looking at how saleable those those properties are going to be um, if it's if it's land you want to see you want to look at whether it's got planning uh, outline planning permission or or full planning if it is outline you know how much scope have you got in terms of um, the end units
0: mm.
1: uh, you know can you potentially increase the number of units and decrease the size because Ultimately, especially Lincolnshire at the minute, there's a lot of higher end property, four, five, six bedroom detached houses. You know, that's the kind of thing that we'd look at. We'd look at what else is available on the market. Can you change the end units on that site to make it more saleable? So, can we drop it down from five, six beds, but can we switch that to ten, three beds instead, yeah. just to increase your um, target audience? So, those are all the kind of things that you want to look at when you when you're looking at a deal, um, price, obviously, how long it's been on the market. Um, I'll always give advice on how, where I think the price should be. Um, if Also, if the land or if the deal's been on the market for a long time, you've, you've obviously got a bit more scope to potentially negotiate. Um, so so yeah, that's they're the main points that we'd, we'd probably look at. But again, I think um, if you are going to take something on, you need to make sure that you get the marketing right. You need to make sure that you're working with an agent that, that knows how to market that site from start to finish um, to achieve the best possible price, especially if you're looking to get off-plan sales. And I think that's one of the things that you do really well.
0: Um, you really... I think a lot of the time when people ask me what's the main thing that you should do when in property is I think you should know your market so it's like wherever you're based wherever you're investing you should know that market better than anybody else Uh, and I think that's one of the things that you do really really well you know areas well um, and you listen to the feedback that you're getting from, from from your people viewing the properties that you've got listed but then you remember that and then you attribute that to other developments and then that gives you more market knowledge I'd be interested to know what's the weirdest feedback anybody's ever given you just to throw you completely off there I just thought that when you were chatting
1: about the weirdest feedback on a house that's up for sale yeah uh, has
0: anyone come out with like a really crazy reason why they didn't like that house just to really put you on the spot
1: I mean, I've put me on the spot now <laughs> we get all sorts <laughs> we get all sorts because, um, I mean, I've had some crazy ones. We, I mean, if you're any... Yeah, like, what, what, have you,
0: what have you had? Well, I had a tenant once ring me up on, on, like, a Wednesday, at, like, quarter ten at night, and asked me if the effing spoons in the property were shared for the house, <laughs> because there's no spoons in the property, and if there's no spoons by the next morning he's moving out, and this was in a professional house, yeah. And I was like, Liverpool, I think Liverpool had just finished playing in the Champions League and I put the phone down and was like, that is really, really weird. He wants, to know, he wants more spoons in the property. Teaspoons
1: or... No, the big spoons. 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 Absolutely <laughs> the big spoons.
0: <laughs> I don't know what he was doing with them. I don't want to know, but yeah, that's one of the weirdest things that's ever happened to me. And I've had a guy cut himself
1: shaving and ring me as well. So I guess when you're dealing with Tenants on the front line, you get all sorts of weird and wonderful things coming back. Now, I think it's, 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 a, it's a difficult one, because the thing with the new build side, I imagine on the, on the resale side, there's, there's probably quite a lot of weird and wonderful things that go on in these resale properties, especially when you're taking on uh, repossessions and and all that kind of thing. But with the new build side, you tend to get a a decent product that you're selling. So, Mm. um, I mean, people will come up with with all sorts of excuses why why they don't want to go ahead. Um, But no, nothing too weird and wonderful.
0: No, it's not a problem. I just wondered if there was. Um, So let's have a think about, you've got your development and... You really, really want to maximize the salability of that development. What are the things that we can do to stand out in that development as
1: a developer? yeah, so i mean as i've said before the, obviously the, the you know the marketing that you that your agent produces is is massively important, important, especially when you're trying to sell something off plan but in terms of when so let's say if, Skipping forward to the point where you're you know you 're now in the process of completing the development or you 're ready to actually put the finished photos online um, one thing that one thing that does get me uh, which doesn 't always make sense to me is is you're either you need to be all in you need to, uh, with the off plan sales um, you 're either all in or you 're not so you start marketing at the beginning um, with cGI visualizations. Uh, From very early doors, which gives someone the opportunity to um, gives them the opportunity to completely reconfigure the house to suit their needs, Mm. um, literally from start to finish. And that's for some people, that's the dream. That's you know, that's that's what they when they think of buying a new build. That's the reason they're buying a new build because they get that flexibility. Or you wait until it's finished. There's Mm. there's no. I've never really. I've never understood. And I, I always advise against marketing in that central point. Where you're you're so far along that actually the flexibility isn't really there because you know you, you're just doing the finishing touches, but you're not at the point where you've given the house that wow factor. Yeah. So you, you're in that limbo. You're in that limbo land where um, people are going to see it online, and if it's a good location, they're going to think great. You know, this is this is what I've been waiting to come up, but then they're going to come and look at it, and they're going to be disheartened because it's not quite what they're expecting because it's not finished. And not everyone has that vision to see what it what it could be. Mm. As an agent, you know, I see the progression of new build properties all day, every day. So I know how it's going to look when it's finished. It's going to be amazing. I know that. And as a developer, you know that because you build them day in, day out. But Joe blogs on the street, they're not used to seeing a house that hasn't been snagged yet. They they walk in and they think, ah, that's not what I was expecting. So that's, for me, that's 101. Maybe, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to, wait until you're further down the line, wait until it's finished, get it absolutely spotless, mm. make it you know, as pristine as you possibly can, make sure it's snagged twice over and then put it on the market, get fantastic photos, get the lighting right, um, and then get a really nice brochure made and, and get that online so that when they, when they come to the property, what they're expecting from the photos is what they actually see in real life. For mm. me, that's 101, most mm. important thing.
0: Do you think there's anything you can do with with design to make it really pop? You know, like a, when you're staging the property, the way you stage it or anything like that?
1: Well, foolish <coughs> fully should say that because most, most people I deal with don't stage the properties. Mm. Um, it's difficult for a smaller developer because uh, you, you tend to tend not to be able to have a show home because everything with a smaller development, they all get built at the same time. Yeah. So we tend to deal with the smaller developers building one, two, three, up to 10. Mm. Um, but, you know, we do, we are working on some sites at the moment that are bigger. Uh, but yeah, when it's a smaller development, you tend not to have a show home and therefore they tend not to, to get staged. But I definitely from experience of when i've been selling properties that are staged against properties that aren't staged the properties that are staged sell far faster just because most people don't have the vision to see where they're going where the furniture will be mm-hmm. how it's going to be positioned within the house and they just can't envision themselves living in that property if it's not staged as soon as you stage a property they walk in and it all makes sense Should um, we
0: just jumping in there do you think it'd be worth a, dev- a smaller developer just spending a little bit of money on staging, not not going crazy, but maybe just going somewhere to like IKEA and picking up a a set of whatever and staging it to make it look
1: a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. E- even just even if you're just going uh, to the point of, I mean, air fresheners. I right? know that's very you know that's sort Um as minimal as possible, even just air, if you're just going to put air fresheners in just to make the place smell nice. But on top of that, you know, if you put some candles around or you put some nice artwork up um, uh, and even if you're not going to fully stage property, at least putting some furniture in, like you say, if you go into to Ikea, just something so that when they walk in, they can visualise how they would live in the property. You don't have to go to the full extent that most of the the larger developers do where, you know, they will include the sideboards they'll redecorate the property to a specific theme um you don't necessarily have to if you don't have the budget for it that's fine you know we understand that um but at least go to some sort of effort so that you can help people visualize how they'll they'll live in the property
0: i think that's really good advice one of the some of the best advice i've been given is from agents and also from brokers and it it is down to staging so things like uh, actually a broker from Paragon, well, a finance guy from Paragon, said to me, if you're doing new builds, um, make sure that you put plugs in the hallway uh, for Christmas trees because he it said, it's, honestly, it sounds daft, just like you've said with the air fresheners, yeah. it, of all things, but it's the little things like that that when the agent's going around, he says, and they say, oh, you've got some extra sockets in your hallway for
1: Christmas trees. Bingo, yeah, yeah. 100%. It's all about, for me as an agent, it's all about the small positives. It's the continuous positives as you're conducting the viewing. Mm. So, if you build a property to the bare minimum and you you know you don't look at including any of these extra features that a lot of developers are including now. So, you know you've got underfloor heating, um, US chrome sockets instead of plastic sockets, USB points in the sockets, mm. built-in bin storage in the kitchen rather than expecting to put the bin. You know, somewhere or find a place to put the bin in the kitchen. Um, you know, the, let's say the, the Neff ovens um, that you can buy where the, the door slides down and folds into the oven. It, they, it seems, you know, for the extra £100 or £150 or whatever it is that you'd have to spend for each and every one of those additional extras, to a developer, it might seem like a waste of money. Individually, but what they have to realise is, as an agent, when you're when you're conducting a viewing, the impression that you leave as an agent, the impression that you can leave if you have all of those small benefits in your arsenal, mm. is huge. Because the whole time you're going around conducting the viewing, you're constantly pointing out benefits to them. So for the the whole experience. So they walk in, you've got your air fresheners on. Instantly, it's warm. You need to have the heating on. That's that's key. Mm. It's warm. Um, it smells nice and then from there the agent points out benefit after benefit after benefit and reasons why you should buy that property mm-hmm. rather than if you're walking into a house that doesn't have any of those features. As an agent, it's actually very difficult because there's not a huge amount you can say. You'll have, you know, you'll have a set script or so, you'll have all the information prepared, you know, about how the property is built, the warranty that it's got, which is all fairly standard stuff where the nearest schools are, where the nearest shops are, travel times to the nearest amenities or cities. You can have all of that ready, but ultimately a, a viewing lasts on average at least 20 minutes, sometimes longer. So if if the developer hasn't invested in in those little things, it can be quite difficult to, to improve the experience of the buyer mm. and that's, that's the key thing. You want them to leave just feeling positive about everything that you've told them.
0: Mm. You want them to feel like it's it's going to be their home, don't you? Yeah. And like you yeah. say, I think, you know, if you are a, a smaller-time developer, you're doing smaller schemes, then potentially you've got a, US, well, you have got a unique selling point anyway because you're not on a massive development. Yeah. So if you add in a few of these extra little things, it's going to help you stand out from the big boys. And like you say, they're not massive, massive things, but they do add up, but they do make it so much better I mean boarding out lofts for example yeah I think if you board out a loft I'm a bit evil when I go put to an look an at these new builds yeah put, put an, for an aerial the cost in the loft of it, it's, yeah. it's, it's
1: what it's 100 pounds to put yeah. an aerial in
0: save save some of these jobs yeah because like I love to go around new builds and put, try and point some of these things out and Sarah gets really mad with me but I just love doing it like oh is the is the loft boarded yeah oh it's yeah. underfloor heating just to little things yeah just to see you know I hate people like you yeah I know you're <laughs> but, but it's
1: just it's just <laughs> fun isn't it I like to do yeah. it no I, I think yeah you, you're definitely right um, you know it's those it's those little things because just just sw- flipping what I've just said on its head um, it's great if you've got all of these positive that, that you can that you can produce throughout the viewing but if you don't do them it, it can quickly turn into a negative, so if you imagine as an agent as I'm walking around a property, oh is there an arrow in the loft? Oh no, there is isn't an arrow in the loft. that's just something that you would sort when uh, once you've once you've got the keys mm. oh it's a bit cheap, isn't it this is This is how their their thought yeah. process oh, the builder has been a bit cheap there, hasn't it Oh, have any of the USB sockets got US? have any of the power sockets got USB points? Oh no, he um decided not to go um for the, down the USB route, but how, how do you how do you explain that you know it's yeah it's very difficult once they've got a perception of how other new build houses are being built if you're not keeping up to that standard if it gets brought up it's just another it's a negative yeah that it's difficult as an agent to overcome um because actually you know if if you're especially at the higher price brackets Mm. people have an expectation of what you're going to put in if you don't put them in it does make a big difference to people's to their perception of, of you as a developer mm. and your product
0: and a lot of people that, that I see you know, when they're looking at new builds they batch their viewings they both work throughout the week yeah. so they'll do like Saturday right love we're going to see this one this one and this one because they're the three developments that we're looking yeah. at so imagine if like at any point you're, you're following one. or you're in front of that like if you've smashed your property you've got like everything in it yeah and then they go to see the next one. Yeah. And then they've got, an, they, they've got a developer who is, oh, is there an aerial in the loft? No. Yeah. Oh, it's the USB sockets? No. Oh, is there underfloor heating?
1: No. Oh, no. Is it Bosch appliances or Lamona? Oh, it's Lamona. Yeah.
0: It's just like, oh, great.
1: Yeah. So it, is there just, yeah, exactly. And actually the space and the location and the garden could work better for them. But they still remember those little things because they've just had constant negative reminders throughout the viewing yep. of how your property is inferior to theirs, or if you're on the other side of the foot, how your property is is superior to the ones that they've just seen. It's, I mean, it's you know, for the, just going back to the sockets, the USB sockets. I think the, the difference between a cost of a USB socket and a standard socket is about. Two or three pounds—the difference between a plastic and a and a chrome socket—again, it's about the similar sort of price. So I worked it out the other day for a developer um, building some four-bedroom houses just outside of Lincoln, and it worked out to to switch from plastic sockets to chrome sockets. It was one hundred and eighty pounds, and the the, the property the, the properties are going to market for four hundred and fifty thousand. So you know, it's, <laughs> for the sake of one hundred and eighty thousand, to allow me yeah. as an agent yeah. to to give that little positive boost on the viewing. For me, it's a no brainer, but it's not always that straightforward. And I think anyone who's working in property development or as a developer needs to realize that if your agent's telling you that that is important, it's important and you should listen to them.
0: Yeah, completely agree. And then that's, I think that's one of the things, get get people like you guys involved at every step of the way. Yeah, definitely. Um, And you know, they can be your best friends on any development um, and also as well if you get the right agent it's fun to work with them so it, it makes makes it all a lot more fun and that's what we want really um, as well as making money um, so what is the worst advice you hear in your industry then? who <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> worst advice I would say a big one for me it might just my opinion and how, just from being on appointments and, and dealing with people that are buying houses, and how they perceive uh, dual agency. Yep. So, I think what a lot of, a lot of agents will do, you know, if you are on the market with an agent and you're not necessarily getting the interest that you want, um, a lot of agents are extremely proactive in winning your business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, they 'll say anything, everything that needs to be said in order to get you on the market and as i 'm sure everyone 's had experience of, of agents that are able to um, you know, talk the way into into business and don 't necessarily always perform um, but for me, the biggest thing is um, is when a dual agency is recommended i for me i just don 't see any real benefit to it. I only see the negatives um, if you 're not happy with your agent. I think you should you should look at changing. You should start with a fresh approach mm. um, as a completely new listing. It'll come up as a new listing on Rightmove. Um, you haven't got the issue of having essentially two-tier marketing. One agent's photos might be much better than the other. Mm. So someone may see the new agent's fantastic photos that are much better than the old agent's. And then the next listing that they see on Rightmove is, your, is the same property, but with Dark photos that are out of square and and out of focus. So, you know, it's when, as an agent, when when I'm producing marketing material, um, I'm quite careful in how I am trying to present the property in its best light, Um, with the way the photos are taken, the lighting. It's you know, it's a a careful process, um, you know, to make sure that it is seen in its best light. And if you've got two agents, one that is doing that and one that's not doing that, it's, you know, you end up, again, like I said, with a a two-tier listing, essentially. Um, So, yeah, that's a big thing. And, I mean, if you are going to go dual agency, do not, please do not put two boards up. There is nothing worse than driving down the street and seeing two boards, one one at 45 degree angle hanging out of the ground and the other one six meters in the air with the other agent it's just yeah just stick to one agent if you're not happy with the first agent try a fresh approach
0: i think that's great advice and just thinking about like sort of my own advice with that i know that sarah checks right move every night it's yeah. just like one of the things she does in fact i don't even check right move anymore because if something comes up that an agent hasn't told me about that needs work. She's yeah. already seen it, and then she sends it to me anyway. But yeah. she's like, "Oh, have you seen this look? It's on with another agent now. They're obviously struggling to sell." Yeah, and it's just, it's, I just don't think it gives the best impression.
1: Yeah. at all. That's it. Then don't switch too early. Don't, you know, yeah. Don't switch. You know, give give your agent a chance. You know, um, it's it's a difficult one, um, but I think as you just said, if 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 you. Because a lot of people when they're interested in purchasing if somebody is actually serious about purchasing most people are on right move pretty much every night they're they're, yeah. they're glued to it yeah um so they are keeping up to date with the market so they're they, they are keeping a closer eye on what's going on than you than you might think mm. um so yeah i would give your agent a chance so that you don't appear too desperate and don't be too quick to drop the price either be you know be confident in. Mm be confident in the pricing, be confident in, in the agent's valuation. Um, you know, If you're not getting any interest at all, then potentially you need to look at, at why, but are there other options before you look at dropping the price? Could you, Are the photos the best that they could be? Are you happy with the brochure? Mm-hmm. Is the floor plan on there? I mean, this absolutely baffles me, the amount of agents, even in Lincoln, that post their properties without floor plans. For me, if I was looking at a house, I don't know about you, Ryan, but if I was looking yep. at a house and there was no floor panel there, I'm yeah. just, I'm not I, would, I would scroll it. straight past it. Yeah, yeah I'm same. Not, I want to, unless it's a three-bed, a typical Victorian three-bed semi, you know the layout. If it's a Victorian yep. terrace, you know the layout, you can see past that, um, but if you're building new-build properties or if you're doing a conversion and it's something quirky and something different, people want to know how, how it's laid out and they're not just <laughs> going to book a viewing yep. to just then because, find out. yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: And you've got that though. You've, so if, you've, if you're doing a conversion or a new build, you've gone in for planning. You've had architectural drawings done. You've yeah. already got the dimensions and the floor plans there. Yeah. Just use it. Put it, them online. Yeah. Just like because the first thing that any it's the first thing that people do. Yeah. That they look at that and and they want to know then when they're there they want to know about storage. Storage is a massive, yeah, massive, massive thing. Yeah. Hundred percent. How many times do you hear people talking about storage? I went to see a a friend of mine's bought a new house. I uh, went to see it yesterday and they are telling me all about the storage in the property that's why they've had things built into it because there was no storage it's no the storage, little, it's, the storage. In life, it? it's the little it's the little things in life <laughs> exactly so now we come to the part where you haven't got a clue what these next questions are you knew about some of the earlier ones yeah but these ones you have no idea so go for it what do you think it takes to be successful in property
1: so er uh, to be successful in property, you have to you have to have attention. You have to be able to pay attention to detail. Um, you know, if you want to maximise your profit in whatever it is that you're doing when you're coming to sell, mm. you have to stand out from everybody else. I think that's the most important thing. Is yes, you've got to learn how to purchase and develop on a budget,
0: mm.
1: but there's a fine line between being Savvy and just straight out scrimping. Yeah, <laughs> so you know you need to you need to get it right. It's got to be uh, you've got to produce your best. Um, and I think actually, when you look at people's buying habits. Just spending that extra little bit of money to create something just a little bit special, mm. people will pay a premium for it. They will because ultimately most people are buying with a mortgage. So that extra ten, fifteen, twenty thousand pounds, which to you is doubling your profit, yep. or adding thirty or forty percent to your profit, to them it's fifteen pounds on a mortgage. Yep. It's twenty pounds on a mortgage. But they walk in and they go, I love it. Yeah. I want it. It's perfect, yeah. it's everything I've ever wanted. Yeah. So that's for me the most expen- the most uh, the most important advice I'd say and that's across that's new builds and developments so that's that's both sides mm. um, yeah that's that's key I think
0: I like it I think it's uh, I think it's really good and it's like things people touch and feel you know nice handles nice taps you know nice soft closing doors on in kitchens and stuff I think yeah Yeah, I think it
1: all sticks out it's Ooh. what, it's what it's, ultimately you know the, these people are they're buying something to be proud of they're going to have their friends and family around they yep. want to be able to point out those little things and yep. and they're going to be in that property you know they're going to be in their home for the majority of their life it's kind of yep. you, you know it's those little things that if they're not there they know that it's going to niggle at them they're going to think oh, you well know, I wish I had a hot tap I wish I had a built in microwave yep. it'd be nice to have this it'd be nice to have that just give it to them yeah. give them what they want and they'll it and they'll buy it, it. Yeah, yeah exactly
0: and it's people are motivated fundamentally by their own self-interest so yeah. they want that and if they've been to their friend's house and they have that that will play a big part in it as yeah, well like, exactly that is just massive that if you can get your head around that I yeah. think it's like anything isn't it it's marketing yeah. it's marketing it's getting to your target market and understanding them better than anybody else and you
1: will do better than exactly. anybody else yeah, one. yeah I completely agree with that I think yeah. you, you've hit the nail on the head
0: So then the next question is, I I ask this question to everybody who comes on the podcast. (coughs) Um, I think it's a really nice question. Um, what do you do to relax then when you're not working? I read your second hand books. That, you give me.
1: <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, yeah. I always do bring you a book. You do every time I see you, you come book in hand. It's great. I know. I tried to give you lunch in return once, but you didn't want it. Cause it was vegetarian. It was like yeah, when you went through some like vegetarian place. That's very true. I've, Two and a half weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not counting.
0: Yeah, you did well. But I'd, I've got I've got some more
1: books to give you actually did you bring them
0: no I haven't got
1: them that, I, haven't I haven't got through that stack that you brought me last time I'm only anyway, so two books deep so. oh
0: man so that's what you do to relax you
1: read books read books yeah um, look at the property portals see what's coming up you know <laughs> as, as any <laughs> as any estate agent does <laughs> and normal uh, human being as well yeah yeah well exactly Um rugby is a massive thing for me yeah uh, yeah. big into my rugby play for Lincoln first team. Um, so Tuesdays and Thursdays we're uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays we train, and then Saturdays we're playing. So that's definitely a big part of just being able to sort of switch off and uh, mm. just enjoy playing whilst I still can, whilst I'm still young enough. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I just I love that question
0: because I think especially nowadays, as this whole thing around like hustling and you've got to always be working and I don't agree with that anyway I think that you need the flexibility and you need to be able to have that downtime so it's interesting to to ask that question to to people like yourself to see what see what they do to relax and also you know chill out and bits and bobs
1: I think yeah I think when I was younger I I had that perception so when I was with the previous agent I worked with I would often find myself in the office at nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night, just, just working through the stuff mm. that I had to do. Um, and I guess at that time, I, I thought that that was the only way, you know, you just had to work all the time and that's how you were, you were going to be successful. But actually, as you've just said, I think you get to a point where you can very easily burn out can't you? and you just yeah. need to, you need to learn how to manage your time better essentially and, mm. and you know, know when when to work and when to, to put the pen down
0: So I think it makes you more successful anyway because like you say you don't burn out and you also have other other things in your life then that you know you can let some steam down
1: yeah you can get enjoyment out
0: of yeah. yeah and and actually I think it's rugby actually how we met I, I, obviously, yeah. you see my build. I don't play rugby or have any interest
1: <laughs> in rugby at all. I'd stick you on the wing or water boy,
0: maybe. Water boy, <laughs> probably better. Um, yeah, Could bring the oranges on at halftime. I'd bring the oranges on, definitely. <laughs> Look, it's my podcast, and you're taking a mickey out of it. But yeah, that's how we that's how we met. Really, is a guy that we both know. You play rugby with him, yeah. and I used to coach him. I was his football coach. Yeah, did um, you play football, did he played football with him. He, he played yeah when he was in that like year seven and eight so oh. that shows how much older I am um, yeah and then I was I was on a, a stag do with him and then afterwards he sent me a message and was like you've got to chat to my mate he's yep. really good and he's he's got this agency and you should speak to him and then that's how this started so I think that's another thing as well that that people don't always remember is that if you use you know, sports or something else. It does actually help your business. To build relationships, yeah. yeah. It's all about relationships, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So the last question then before I let you go is what is the book that you wish as soon as you'd finished it you could forget the whole book because you enjoyed it that much that you want to reread it again for the first time?
1: Oh, no. Oh, it's that tough one. No, it's not, but it's embarrassing. Why? Well, why is it? Because <laughs> mine's so, Harry Potter and so, a Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh is it? So okay, oh, that's fine. Well, I'm into that. Okay, so <laughs> so when I was younger, I, I read a trilogy of books called The Magician's Guild. Yeah. And they were awesome. They were by Trudy Cavanagh. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the second two books. The first one is called The Magician's Guild, and. I, would, I must have been like 18 or 19 at the time and didn't really read a book. I'd, I went through that phase where you try and read a book and you get halfway through and then you put it down and then you realise a year later that you never actually finished it. Whereas these books, I nailed all three of them within the space of about three or four weeks, I think. And for an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, who definitely should have been out partying. That is definitely something that I should not have admitted, admitted on your podcast. <laughs> but no, I think that's the beauty of that question. There's been like
0: a whole... Range of books that people have have said, and then that I I go and download most of them and yeah. read them. So I'm going <laughs> to read that book
1: now. I'll probably read all the trilogy. You will read the three. You can't just read the one. Yeah. It is. It's I'll gripping. Be stuck. It's gripping. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, it's it's great. I would I would actually read them again. I mean, they are they're the only uh, fiction books that I've ever read. Wow. So everything else that I ever read is, is non-fiction Especially now, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't sort of pick up a fiction book and read a fiction book now, but. Um, actually thinking about it yeah they were yeah they were really quite quite something. That is my favourite question to ask anyone in the world <laughs>
0: because it just emits this amazing response from people um, Ben thank you so much for coming on you've been an absolute pleasure if people want to find out a little bit more about you or they want to chat to you find out more about your services where is the best place that they can find more information about you?
1: Yeah so um, either via our website uh, which is www. www the newhomesagent.co.uk or if you just put tnha.co.uk that will also short link you into the website um or just search us on social media we're on instagram twitter uh, and facebook so we um, you know we're fairly active on those those um, those profiles. So get in touch. And, uh, you know, we don't just sell new build properties. We also work with, uh, if you're a developer looking to, and you work on renovation projects, we'll take anything in that uh, newly renovated, newly built sphere is is kind of what we specialize in. So um, get in touch if you just want some advice. I'd be more than happy to to chat through. Um, I mean, my, I'm always available on mobile, which is 07745 440. 445 so yeah feel free to, to give me a call and we'll have a chat
0: thank you thank you for coming on
1: thank you Ryan thanks for having me